0: For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. What do you think of when you hear the word freedom? Some think of political freedom, some think of national freedom, some think of religious freedom, some think of the, let's say, the freedom that they have to let's say, achieve or pursue their goals, their dreams, their aspirations that they have in life. But then again, you've got those that they think about uh, freedom being freedom from religion and freedom to live a life the way they want to live their life, which basically is nothing more than anarchy, just to live my life the way I want to live my life without any rules, regulations, or anything like that. So freedom to govern myself, in other words, I guess, is what their idea of freedom really is. Well, Jesus spoke of freedom. But he spoke of a freedom, according to him, that comes through truth. Remember John 8, 31 and 32? What did he say? If you continue my word, you're my disciple indeed, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you what? Notice it didn't say the truth will put you into bondage. The truth will do what? Liberate, deliver, and make you free. So that's what the truth will do. Why is it important to know the truth? Well, I'll give you an illustration. There was an Arab chief that talks about and tells a story about an individual that was captured, he was a spy, and was captured and he was sentenced to death by this Persian captain. Well, the captain had a custom. It was his custom to give the individual a choice. You can choose the firing squad or you can choose what's behind the big black door. It's your choice. Well, after much consideration and thought, the individual said, well, I'll choose the firing squad. And Not too long from then, he was persecuted, he was executed. Then the captain leaned over to one of his uh, aides and he said to the aide, it's human nature for people to choose the known over the unknown. He said, you see, people are characterized by that. They would rather have the known than the unknown because they're afraid of the undefined. And so the captain, said, I mean, yeah, the captain said, well, we still give him a choice no matter what. Well, the aide said to the captain, he said, well, what's behind the big black door? He said, freedom. And I've only known few that would be brave enough to choose it. Fear made him choose what was known. Well, he probably thought, what's behind the big black door? Maybe it's a lion behind the big black door. And something maybe even worse than facing a firing squad. But the man could have been set free if he just would have chosen the big black door. But fear stopped it. Fear is a very debilitating thing. And thank God we could be delivered and set free from fear. And that's why Jesus came. As a matter of fact, when I think of freedom, we can think of spiritual freedom, emotional Freedom. Physical freedom, financial freedom, and the list goes on and on. But there is nothing in this world that is more important to know than this. Spiritual freedom is the most important thing. There's two laws at work in the earth today. There's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. And you've got a lot of people that are out there in the world today. You know what they say? I'm not afraid to die. I'm reminded of the individual when I got done preaching a funeral service who stood up in such utter disrespect, basically mocking everything that I said and threw his arms back and cried out, I'm not afraid to die and I'm not afraid of God. Really? Someday you will see. Someday your eyes will be open. Mm -hmm. You see... These two laws are at work in the earth today, the law of sin and death, which will result in a person who leaves this realm of life, spending eternity in a lake of fire, where the worm dies not and the fire is never quenched, and that will be the eternal destination, eternal suffering, according to Jesus himself. But there's a higher law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes us free from the law of sin and death. And if we embrace the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we don't have to choose death. Thank God the truth will liberate, deliver, and set free all those who all their lifetime were fear of death can be liberated, delivered and set free from the fear of death. Why? Because the blood's been shed. Praise God and he's purchased our redemption and we can have life. So why spend an eternity in a lake of fire? when you can spend it in the bliss of God's eternal presence. Nothing more important to know than this truth. Jesus set us free. And he set us free, not so that we can serve sin, self, or Satan. He set us free so that we can serve him and one another. I'm going to say that again. He did not set us free to serve ourselves, sin, or Satan. He set us free to serve him and one another. Look in the book of Galatians. This is from the message translation of the Bible. I should say paraphrase of the Bible, not necessarily translation, but I just thought, I really appreciated the way it was worded. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Aren't you glad? But just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence, love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out, in no time at all you will be annihilating each other, and where will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this, live freely, animated, and motivated by God's spirit, then you won't feed The compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with the free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These two ways of life are antithetical. So that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? So what's Paul trying to communicate? We're free, but we're slaves. Does that make any sense? When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were free, right? But why were they free? Why did he say to Moses, go get my people out of there and set them free? Why, that they might serve me. Not self, not Satan, not sin, but serve me. So yes, we've been redeemed, we've been delivered, we've been set free. And thank God we're free from the law of sin and death. We don't have to spend our eternity like a fire. But we've been set free to serve The one who set us free. Makes sense, doesn't it? Out of love, we should want to serve him. Matter of fact, it reminds me of this story of this um, young lady. She was on the auction block. She was being sold out into slavery. And there were two individuals that finally boiled down to where they were actually bidding on her. Can you imagine that? They're bidding on this young lady to be their slave. And so it kept going back and forth. Now, the, when it the finally came to the two, the one was a well-dressed individual and so on and so forth. And the other guy was kind of not so, you know, good to look at and all that sort of thing and not really dressed very well. But he kept on bidding. And finally, he outbid the one fella, and he got her. He paid for her. And he had the papers in his hands. And she was so disgusted with this that she just absolutely could not tolerate it. And so... She made herself known to him. I don't want anything to do with you. And while she was talking. He was ripping up the papers. And she looked at him and said. What are you doing? He said young lady. I purchased you to set you free. Go your way. You're free. And she said to him. Sir. I will serve you. For the rest of my life. Do you know that's what Jesus did to us? You and I were bound. We were in such severe bondage that we would spend, hear me, an eternity in a lake of fire. Where the worm dies not. Where the fire is never quenched. Those are easy words to hear, maybe. But if you can imagine them being realized, when a person whose resurrected body is in a place called the lake of fire, is being eaten up by these worms, just say like maggots, That would eat garbage. When the garbage is gone the maggots die. Well the flesh of this person who is in that state. Is going to continue to come back. And so once the worms eat it it comes back. Eat it it comes back. The worm never dies. The fire is never quenched. The fire continues to consume that person's resurrected body. Throughout eternity. Can you imagine But you see, thank God, because of Jesus, he liberated us from the law of sin and death. It has no power over a saint of God. But because of what he did for us in his suffering, his burial, His resurrection, his ascension, his seating at the right hand of the majesty on high, offering his blood upon the mercy seat, cleansing the utensils of worship, providing eternal redemption for us. We don't have to suffer there. He paid the ransom price. We've been redeemed not with silver, not with gold, but by the blood that he shed for us. Can you say amen? How can we not want to serve him? How can we not want to say no to flesh, no to sin, no to selfishness, no to Satan? No. I've been empowered to serve the one who died for me. I want to talk about these perspectives of freedom. Number one, it's controlled. Here in the book of 1 Peter, let's look at it. This is from the New Living Translation, chapter 2 and verse 16 for you are free say it with me i'm free, I am free. <laughs> yet you are god's slaves wow i'm free to be a slave paul called himself god's love slave bond servant okay so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil <clears throat> You see, freedom is controlled. We live in a culture right now that demands absolute, total freedom. They want what they want, and they want what they want to be tolerated and celebrated by everybody else. In other words, we could call this uncontrolled freedom, and you can call it anarchy. Anarchy means I am governing my own life. No one else is going to govern my life and tell me how to live. So you see, freedom can be a good thing, but freedom can also be a very bad thing. Because guess what? We are not smart enough to govern our own lives. We don't know enough to govern our own lives. If we act upon fleshly compulsions and just do what we want to do, we're going to find ourselves in a whole lot of trouble before this life ends. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is the way of death. And you know what? Once you leave this realm, it is eternal. It is forever. I remember growing up in church and thought that church was just something religious that I hated, that I really didn't want anything to do with. Couldn't wait until the service was over so I can run out the door as quickly as I possibly could. But guess what? When I got born again, I saw oh my goodness, I got on my knees and said, thank God I didn't die before I found this out. There is a heaven to gain, and there is a hell to shun. And when you leave this realm, you're living in the land of the dying. When you die, you go to the land of the living, and there you're living forever. And what place will you live forever? Like the rich man of Lazarus, in a place of suffering, he will be there forever. And... 2,000 years have come and gone. And guess what? He's not one day closer to getting out. Not one day. He'll be there for eternity. Suffering. Where well, the worm dies not, fire never quenched. But thank God, we don't have to. He's got five brothers on the earth. He said, please send him back to tell these people about this place. Well, he, they've got the law. They've got Moses. They've got the prophets. See, the same thing is true with us. We've been brought out. Aren't you glad you've been set free? The Son has set you free, we're free indeed. But we've been set free to be a love slave for Jesus. We've been set free not to follow, uh, let's say, the compulsions of our physical desires, etc. But we've been set free so that we could lay our lives down and serve the one who paid the price for us in love. And serve one another. You see, here's controlled freedom. Well, first of all, look at Judges. Let's look at that verse first before I look at control freedom, look at this verse in Judges, because this is what's, what's being played out today. In those days, there was no king. No one to govern over their lives in Israel. So, what happened? Every man did, which was right in his own eyes. That's it. That's called anarchy. Just do whatever you think is right. There's no one to govern over you. You know how many people live that way? Don't tell me what to do. Let me do what I want to do. Live how I want to live. Well, you know what? We love you too much to do that. We just love you too much to do that. I'll be honest with you. It's getting more difficult to preach the gospel in pulpits today. You realize that? You know why? Not just because of the outside influence, but because of the inside influence. Listen, a lot of people don't want to hear it. You talk about uncontrolled freedom. The excessive grace teaching is an act of, let's say, uncontrolled freedom. I walked into a Bible bookstore one day, wanted to buy some material when I was... You can tell how long ago that was, right? <laughs> Everything's online now. And the fella behind there just said, uh, I, I, we got talking, whatever, he found out I'm a minister, or whatever else. I found the truth. What is the truth? Grace is the truth. I said, what's, what's your take on grace? Grace means it's already been done. Past, present, future. My sins are forgiven. It doesn't matter how I live now. It doesn't matter if I uh, commit adultery. It doesn't matter if I commit fornication. It doesn't matter if I... And he just went on. Named if I could rob a bank if I wanted to. But guess what? That's already been provided for. Under the blood of Jesus Christ. So I am free. You know what I wanted to say to him? You're bound by deception. You're bound by a false belief system. We'll read scripture to tell you something other than that. But look, in, look at the next verse. Look at what it says here. in uh, I believe it's Second Peter. These people are as. Don't you love this language? As useless as dried up springs. Or as a mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted. Sexual desires. They lure back into sin those. "...who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before." It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to have known it or to to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. We can't leave this out, can we? Why did he save us? So that we could serve him in love and faithfulness and to live a holy life, not an ungodly, unholy life. That man was deceived into thinking that grace means it doesn't matter how I live anymore. It doesn't matter. Look, there, everything has to be qualified. Yes, our sins are provided for, thank God, through the blood of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean we have a license to sin and we can live the way we want to live. God gave us his laws that we're to follow. Look in the book of Romans, chapter 6. Same thing is echoed here by the apostle Paul. See, P- Peter and Paul, they're both on the same wavelength. Saying, God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you'll become holy. So what is the language of scripture and what is the really understanding of of freedom? We're free from the law of sin and death so that we can be a love slave to Jesus and live our lives in such a way so as to be transformed into his image and likeness and live a holy life. Not so that we can be free to live the way we want to live and free just to follow our natural desires free to do whatever we want to do without any, let's say, government that comes from God. No, God still wants us to obey his laws and commandments and judgments and statutes, doesn't he? You believe that, don't you? Uh, What about the rest of you? You believe that too? All right. So let's talk about control just for a moment. Think, Think about this. Does anybody here have a driver's license? Are you allowed to drive? Are you free to drive? you sure you're free to drive? Okay, are you free to drive down the wrong side of a highway? Why? You're free. You've got freedom. Are you telling me your freedom is controlled? So laws have been made to control our freedom? Are you free to drive the wrong way down a one-way street? You can do it if you want to. You might pay the price for doing it. And not just the law, you might get in a wreck. But we have controlled freedom. The same thing is true in the spiritual realm. Do you have freedom of speech? Can you walk into a movie theater and cry, fire, fire, when there's no fire? I guess you can, but you better not. You might get yourself into trouble if you do that. Are you telling me your freedom is controlled? Freedom is controlled. So, listen, so when we share with people from this pulpit or any other pulpit around this world that these are God's laws regarding this, this, or this, especially when it comes to sexuality, immorality, and that sort of thing. Who are you to tell me how to live my life? Who are you to tell me what is right and what is wrong? I'm nobody, but I can read to you a few scriptures, and your Creator will tell you how to live your life as to whether it's right or whether it's wrong. And you know what? Behind the pulpit, many are getting afraid to even say the truth, to stay away from it. They don't want to get in trouble, but for saying it. But that's because people want what they want, and they want what they want to be tolerated and accepted and also celebrated by people, you know, all over the world. But when you pull this book out, why do you think they want to get rid of this book? Why do you think they want it out of our schools? Out of our government? Why do you think? Because, you see, it tells them how to live. And they don't want to hear it. But we love them enough to say what? Uh-uh. We care about you enough to let you know what's right and what's wrong so that you don't spend your eternity in a lake of fire. And you should be more concerned about that than we are. But we get criticized for doing it. So Jesus didn't set us free to become slaves to ourselves or a law to ourselves. He set us free so that we can serve the Father and Him. Look at number two: it is conditional freedom. Look in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, once again. From the New Living Translation, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Why would he say that? If I'm free, I'm free. Well, why does he say make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law? Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised or following the law, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. So what argument is he trying to make? We don't go back into the bonds of the law. We're not talking about legalism here. But we're talking about the fact that we've been free to serve God in love. To be a love slave for Christ. To be obedient to his laws and commandments and statutes and judgments. So it doesn't alleviate our serving him that way. It just means that our righteousness comes by faith. So it's important we recognize that and honor that. So it's conditioned upon, number one, the work of Christ. We can't save ourselves. So it's conditional because it's based upon the work of Christ. Can you save yourself? Could you deliver yourself from the law of sin and death? No. Could you pay the penalty for your sin and ever come out of uh, eternal suffering? There's no possible way you could do that. So it's conditional. It's based on the work of Christ. Aren't you glad that 2,000 years ago someone went to the cross for you, died for you, bore your sin, carried your pain and sickness and disease that was placed upon him, emotional, praise God. He became detached from it all. So that why he became, he bore it all so that you and I could be free from it. It took everything. He became the curse of the law for you and me so that we could be free from the curse of the law. The law's curse and all that's connected to it. So if it was not for him becoming our sin substitute and he took our sickness and disease as well as mental anguish upon himself, you and I would still be bound by all these things and ultimately spend our eternity in the lake of fire. Well, I'll tell you what, we should stand up and shout for that, praise God, because he did it for us so that we would not have to take it. And that in itself should cause us to be drawn to him, to love him and serve him faithfully. Not because the pastor said, the preacher said that this, was no. But because I have a revelation of this awesome love, this great love wherewith he loved me, moved him to lay down his life. And I'm I'm I'll get ready. I'll take it. I'll get more bold. I don't know. I'll get I'll take it. To be honest with you, there are those who don't believe this and that's okay. They have a right not to believe this. But I believe this. I believe the scriptures teach it. He didn't just die on the cross to bear our sin. He took sin and became sin for us who knew no sin. When he became sin, I believe personally, he descended into the bowels of the earth where he suffered in the lowest place of suffering, the whole wrath of God upon himself so that you and I would not have to. When God looked over the banisters of heaven and he saw the suffering of his soul, he called out and raised him up from the dead. And when he was raised from the dead, he carried his blood to the place where Adam and Eve were banished from the very beginning. Cherubim and seraphim were set up so that they could never man could never walk back into the presence of God ever again without the proper blood offering. And when Jesus arose, and you say how did this happen? How did the incarnation happen? I don't know. But I know this, it says it in scripture. He was raised up from the abyss and by the spirit who extracted his blood from the earth as the high priest had to fulfill his duty. He had to go to the not earth made holy of holies, but the heavenly holy of holies. And he had to go there with his blood. And you can probably picture this. You can see the cherubim and the seraphim. You can see them flaming swords standing there. Because you see, he's the God-man risen from the dead. And he's now walking to a place where he's not allowed to tread. He's going to go right to the presence of Almighty God the Father upon his throne. And he can't get there in in any other way but one. And that's with a proper blood sacrifice as the high priest of the new and everlasting covenant. And so when he stands before them and he has this blood of his in the basin. And they say to him, what gives you right to pass? My blood. And they step aside. And he walks right on him. And he obtains eternal redemption for us once and for all. He, he, he and only he could do that. You ready for this? In the book of Revelation, it says there was a book written on the front and back side, sealed with seven seals. And there was a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice and saying, Who is worthy to take this book and loose the seals thereof? no man in heaven no man on earth no man under the earth was found worthy to take that book and loose the seals thereof so I John wept much but wait one of the elders said to me weep not behold the lion of the tribe of Judah he's prevailed to take the book and loose the seals thereof And I beheld, and I saw in the midst of the throne a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, with all the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. He came and took the book out of the right hand that sat upon the throne. And when he did, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and golden vows full of odors which are the prayers of saints and they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and loose the seals of the rub because you redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred tongue of people and nation and you made us kings and priests before our God and we shall reign with you in all of the earth and then I beheld and saw around a throne angels the number of was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice Worthy is the Lamb to receive riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature such as are in heaven, earth, and beneath the earth and such as are in the sea. Heard I saying blessing and honor and glory be unto him who sits on the throne and the Lamb forever. And the beast said Amen and the four and twenty elders fell down and said Amen. He is worthy. Did you notice that it didn't say Confucius? Buddha? Moon? Krishna, name them all. Diana, name them all. Only Jesus was worthy to take the book and loose the seals. Guess what? We'll witness it. You'll see it. We'll be there. We'll be raptured. We'll be there. We will watch it and we'll shout the chant. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Can you say it with me? Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. Oh, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Beloved, if you want to be free, you've got to become his servant. You'll be free. You want to stay free? Then you've got to have faith and stand firm in that faith in what he did for you. So it's conditional. It's based on what he did. It's conditional. It's based upon our staying free from legalism. Because you can't save yourself. And it's conditional. It's based on our standing firm in the faith. That we have. And what he did for us. And finally number three. It's constructive freedom. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we'll close it here. Look at this. It's constructive. It's controlled. It's also Conditional, and it's also constructive. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. It is constructive. When I look into the perfect law of freedom, the law of liberty, what I do is I see this. I see him as my model. I see him as my example. And I realize and recognize that I'm in this state, in this flesh that I'm in right now, that I could never in the flesh line up to that, but I say to God, my Father, thank you. On the inside, you see me like Him. On the inside, you see me holy, you see me pure, you see me righteous, without blame, without fault, without blemish in Christ. And I want to thank you right now. I'm going to continue looking into that perfect law of liberty. Why? Because this freedom that I have gives me the right. To follow his example and become more like him every day. So Spirit of God as I look into the word that provides liberty for me. Change me. Say it with me. Change me. Change me Holy Spirit. From glory to glory. The more we see what's right and what's wrong. You see that's what's wrong with our society today. Even in the Christian churches today. Grace tells me everything's all done. Just go live your life the way you want to live your life. That is bondage to deception. Look, there are spiritual bondages, emotional bondages, physical bondages, financial bondages, and we can name them. You can be bound up by a spirit that would cause you to lie, to cheat, to steal, to to be bound by lust, and the list goes on. Fear is an emotional bondage that's absolutely destructive to a person's life. Well, guess what? God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power loving of a sound mind. We have liberty from that. We have freedom from that. Look, I wrote some of these out in your notes. Anarchy or controlled freedom is destructive and it leads to slavery. But when it comes to controlled or true freedom, it's constructive. And what does it lead to? It leads for us to be in a state of freedom and, and also transformation. And so if you want to be transformed, we have to look into the perfect law of liberty and say, change me. So what freedom from perversion will result in what purity in a person's heart? And a person's life. Freedom also from wicked living will result in wise living. He didn't free us from wicked living so that we could live the way we want to live. Freedom from works that results in faith. I, don't, I can't be saved by works and neither can you. And so freedom from that means, thank God, it results in faith. I have faith to believe that I'm empowered by the Spirit of God to live the life that God's called me to live. And aren't you glad along the way that he made provision by the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we do miss the mark? I need freedom from fast preaching. <laughs> you know what? I only think about it once in a while. I think about it for a fleeting moment and then I'm, it's like I'm just, just caught up and carried away. And I'm sorry for those of you that are listening. I'm, I'm so sorry. I really am. Uh, I'll try to slow down if I can. Freedom from sin's dominion results in what? Holiness. We've been free from what? Self wants to do what God wants. This is what what true freedom is all about. We're not free to live in this country as free people so that we can break the law, so that we can rob banks, commit murder and all that. It's controlled freedom. Same thing is true spiritually. Look at these verses and we'll close. 2 Timothy 1.7, what does it tell us? God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But power, love and a sound mind. In the... Power comes from the name of Jesus to stand against all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear as well. And a sound mind produces perfect peace. So he gave us that to combat fear. We can allow fear to dominate us or not. Isaiah 41.10. Look at that verse. You talk about staying in faith. This is how we stay in faith. Fear thou not. Why? The great I am is with you. Be not dismayed. Why? The great I am is your God. And he says, I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. You, Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. So you see, we can lean toward the fear or we can lean toward faith in what he said he will do for us. And then look at the next one in Isaiah chapter 43. Keep silence before me, O islands. Is that right? It should be 43. Not 41, 43, 1 through 3. Well, anyhow, it talks about how he says, look, I've redeemed you. I've called you by my name. And when you, there it is. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. O thank God, I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with thee. The rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Why? I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God. Are you walking through the waters? They're not going to overflow you. Are you passing through the fire? The fire is not going to burn you. Why? Because he's the Lord our God. You know what? Someone once said, and I believe this is true, this very statement. You fear God, you need not fear anything else. If you fear God, you won't have any fear of anything else. Why? Because he just said he'll do what he said he would do. If you're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, you bow, bend, or burn, you know what you say, like he said, like they said, we're not bowing, we're not bending, and we're not burning, because you don't know the God that we serve, but we know him, and because of what we know of him, we will do exploits in his mighty name. And so they came out unscathed, right? Amen. So knowing the truth about salvation produces what? salvation and we become the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Knowing the truth about our position in Christ, what does it do? It enables us to rise up to the place where we recognize I'm not this worm in the dust. I'm a masterpiece in the sight of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through the one that loves me. And finally, uh, our possessions that we have in Christ. Every single one of us has been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. When I recognize that, you recognize that. Praise God. I'll tell you what. What a life. We've got so much. If we just acknowledge it and recognize it, what's behind the big black door? Freedom. What's behind the big black door? Victory. Deliverance. Wholeness. Soundness of mind. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Can you see that? We just need to know it. And if we know it, ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And Jesus said, and if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Say it with me. I am free. I am free. Indeed. Indeed. Because I know the truth. I am free from evil habits. I am free from emotional pain. I am free from sickness and disease. I am free from financial despair. I am free from all fear, all worry, all anxiety. I am free from any power of addiction. I am free. Because the sun set me free. And I'm free to serve the one who set me free. Can you stand up and praise Him? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. We are free to set. Glory to God. We are free to serve the one that set us free. Whew. Hallelujah. Who the sun sets free. Has He set you free? Yes. And you're free indeed. Hallelujah.